0: Hi, you are tuned to KDNK, and it is time now for Ask the Vet. We are joined by Angela over at Alpine Animal Hospital. Hi, Angela, how are you?
1: Hi, um, I'm good, how are you? It's also Darren here with me.
0: Oh, and Darren as well. Well, great to have you guys, and I understand today's topic is pet obesity. Yep, yeah, that is
1: it. It is Pet Obesity Awareness Month. Um, And it's an important topic that we wanted to discuss and um, get any questions from people and really dive into with you today.
0: All right. Well, wonderful. The lines are open, 9630139. If anybody listening has questions related to their pets and specifically obesity and pets, 9630139. And maybe, Angela, you and Darren could just give us an overview of the topic.
1: That sounds good. Um, so uh, pet obesity is a major thing that we see at the clinic. Um, a lot of people don't realize that when their pet is overweight, it's easy when you kind of, you see them all the time. You don't really see the weight gain. Um, and just the repercussions from it are something that's really important. And um, understanding how to decide if your pet is eating too much or if they've gained weight And what could that mean for the long run um, is important. Um, Things like arthritis is a big one. We know that their longevity is shorter for those that are at the perfect weight versus overweight. um, We know that they can get respiratory conditions from it. Um, They're less of a surgical candidate, fat-wise. They kind of have a hard time under anesthesia, so if they do need any kind of, life-saving procedures or something, then it's just something that we have taken into consideration and that we might need to do more to stabilize them. Um, diabetes is a big thing, and um, our animals, too. Our pets can get insulin resistance from the extra fat that they have. Um, can you think of anything else, here?
2: Not really, although something maybe for people at home, um, how do we really... How can they tell at home how, like, if their pet is overweight? Like, what are some things clients can look for, or owners can look for?
1: Yeah.
2: Um. So,
1: for that, um, take a look at your pet. Um, if they're sitting on the couch next to you or your pet, <laughs> no, whatever. Um, when you go down there where their ribs are, you should be able to pet gently and feel their ribs. Not have to press too hard to kind of feel those bony prominences that they have. Um, when you look at them from the side, they should have a little bit of an abdominal tuck is what we call it. So where their belly is, it should just go up a little bit. Um, if they're flat across, that could be obesity. And some dogs even you can pet over their spine and you should kind of just be able to feel their spine processes um, is a good thing. And even a little bit leaner on the leaner side is better for your dog's joints and mobility in the long run for sure, not to have that extra stress and strain from the weight. Um, let's
2: see. I've oftentimes heard that having, like, when you're looking at them from the top, having, like, that hourglass shape, you know, kind of over the ribs, it's fine. they like kind of protrude a little bit, and then you can kind of see where it tucks in up their abdominal area.
1: Yeah, is definitely. Yeah, that's a good one, too.
2: Um, and
1: just evaluating, you know. Sometimes, like I said, you get used to your pet all the time. You don't really look at that part. Um, so just kind of evaluating it. And the veterinarian can do that too. When you go to the vet, to say, how is their weight looking? And they can tell you all of those things and whether weight loss is a good idea for them.
0: And So if we've determined that our pet is overweight, uh, what's the next step? What do we do to help them?
2: That's a great question. Um, a lot of times something that's kind of a weird thing is kind of I would say look at your dog food first, like look at the packaging and see, um, you know, if there are feeding instructions, are we feeding for the weight that they currently are, which could be overweight, or are we feeding for their target weight? I feel like that's something that's kind of a first step at home. Um, Dr. you? what do you think as far as, like, should we increase exercise? Should we think about, you know, switching foods to, like, a weight management food or what are your thoughts? Um, I think that a
1: common mistake that we see for people when they're using the package inserts and the guidelines on the food packaging is that their cup could be uh, just any cup in their cabinet, could be a coffee cup, you know, there's lots of different size variations. So they're like, oh, I'm feeding a cup, but it's like a 7-Eleven, like 16, whatever, you know. Um, And so that variation can lead to weight gain because they think they're feeding the package insert, but they're not. And... So, a lot of vet clinics have, like, little measuring cups, or you can just buy a measuring cup um, for the amount that you want your dog to eat. And just having that strict guideline really helps keep them on a schedule. Um, A lot of people who do free feeding, if their pet is overweight, then we definitely recommend, like, the twice-a-day feedings based on the package insert. Um, Just like with people, dogs can... Kind of just genetically have different, even with the search, they can have different caloric needs. So if you have them at the ideal weight and they're still overweight, then you can address it on your own and say, okay, then let's feed them a little bit less twice a day and see if that works. And increasing their exercise definitely a big part of it. Um, maybe five, ten minute walks a day, um, a couple miles, whatever they can kind of handle, and. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that people make mistakes with are the cup that they're using to measure or with the treat. Um, We have people come in all the time, like, I don't know, like, we're on a strict feeding schedule, but then I ask about their treats. And it's like a lot of things are um, a lot more calorie dense for dogs, and they don't need as much to get the same amount of calories. And um, people don't realize that. So they get a lot of that overweight part from the treats that they're giving.
2: People don't necessarily consider treats
1: as food; it's just, it's just a treat. <laughs> yeah, and people love I love feeding my dog treats. Um, it's something I don't want to give up. And one of the things to tell people who feel that way is you can decrease their twice a day feedings to compensate for those treats. Like if you're really passionate about the treat, then okay, just like make their morning meal a little bit less, um, so that they're still getting the allotted amount of calories for the day.
0: Well, for those of you just tuning in, uh, this is Ask the Vet on Katie and Kay, and we are honoring Pet Obesity Awareness Month. And if you have any questions on the topic, you can call our studio, 96301, actually, 2976 for the on air studio, 963 2976, and we will uh, throw you on the air to ask your question. Dr. Turkak, um, what are
2: your thoughts on table dress?
1: <laughs> um, so, I know a lot, everybody loves table scraps for their dogs. Um, there's lots of, um, I feed my dog table scraps. There's certain foods that as a dog owner and a cat owner, you should be aware that they shouldn't be getting, obviously, like the the grapes are a big one, the chocolate. Definitely don't be feeding them those. Um, a lot of people whose dogs end up having like a chicken allergy or a beef allergy, they'll sometimes forget if they're eating chicken and just like give the dog that. So, being aware of that. Um, and moderation, really. Um, some good table scraps that are low calorie for your dog would be like broccoli, uh, green beans, um, cucumbers, all the same healthy foods. And my dogs like them. I know most dogs don't, but you'd be surprised with the ones that do. Um, so trying at least with those, then they dog still feels that love from you because they're getting table scraps, but they don't know that they're getting something that's low-calorie and so good for them. So, I think that's a good idea.
2: Um, I definitely find that a lot of people equival- or uh,
1: you know associate
2: food with love, mm-hmm. so I think part of that does come from that. Um, Which is fair because,
1: yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know how happy your dog gets or your cat gets. Um, some people's cats do tricks, you know, for treats. Right. And it's so fun, and I don't. We don't want to take that away. If they're overweight, we just want to make sure that we're compensating in the right areas, and hopefully doing it in a way that will still help them maintain their body weight.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And in the end, I think, you know, if they're super overweight and we can get them down, you know, to that ideal weight, I feel like they're a lot. Uh, that's a good point because, um,
1: if you have a scale at home, like just like with people, like weighing them weekly and seeing where they're at and really taking an active role in your pet's weight loss, um, I think is important. And I love those Instagram pages where it's like, watch like Fido's weight loss, um, like watch their um progress, and you see them like barely walking in the first couple videos, and by the end, they're just like. Running around and people can really see the
2: difference. Exactly. Um, so. exactly. I feel like it makes the world of difference too, because you know the joints feel better, like you were saying earlier, and they're just they're able to breathe a little bit more, especially the pugs. I feel like the pugs are the ones that sometimes <laughs> look like watermelons as they walk in, the poor little fellas. But um, <laughs> you know. so um, I know that there are some over-the-counter like healthy food. Um, how would you say those differ from, you know, the veterinary prescription diets that are specifically targeted for weight loss?
1: Um, So the ones that are
2: prescribed or like formulated specifically for weight
1: loss, um, I can trust that the ingredients that they have in there are formulated so that what they say on the packaging is correct. Um, They have people to check on them to make sure that what they say is true and those diets are really good and they can be a maintenance diet. So even after your dog loses the weight, they can just stay on that diet for their life because it has the, all the nutrients that they need. And people usually love it because the hard part, the hard part for clients is um, decreasing the amount of food they're giving them. Because like you said, food is love and they can kind of associate that they have to give them less food and it makes them sad. So these weight loss diets. They can feed the same amount or more, but it's just less calorie dense and it fills them up so that their dog is happy. They're getting, if not more food, like the same amount Um, and they're fuller for the day and it's really good for them. Um, I really recommend the ones from like Purina Pro Plan or Hills that have these veterinary professionals at their base that really do food trials and make sure that, what they're saying is in the dog food it's there and it's formulated for weight loss. Um, we see really good benefits from it I think and it's really successful.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> I have seen quite a few uh, people who I've seen you know both sides of that story where they're on that like hill metabolic or um, they're on <clears throat> another one that is a healthy weight and they've you know stuck to you know cut, cutting down on those treats and you know increasing the exercise um, and feeding the proper amount of food. And um, in some cases, those over-the-counter ones don't really work, but I have seen the success <clears> with those, for sure. <clears throat> but I definitely I agree with you in that those prescription veterinary exclusive diets are, they're a little, would you say, more aggressive as far as, like, getting that weight loss and, like, the calories there?
1: Yeah, I could agree with that. Um, I think they both have the same benefit. It's just trusting the ingredients
2: right. a little more. Right. Uh, a couple <laughs> of things I've heard are, um, you know, he seems like he's starving even though you know, we're on this diet. Um, in those cases, would you ever recommend doing like smaller multiple feedings throughout the day? Or would you? you
1: know, yeah, I think that's a really good idea, um, especially for those that are just still, if you have a cat, you know when they're yelling at you for their food, (laughs) and if it's 30 minutes after you feed them, yeah, you're not going to be, like, happy to be feeding them less. Um, So multiple small meals or supplementing with, like I was talking about uh, cauliflower, broccoli, green beans. Um, We had a, I know a girl who just swears by the green beans for her cat. Um, I think it's to each their own, trying to figure out what low-calorie treats you can do for your pet. Um, to make them full all day so that they're not yelling at you, but they're
0: still getting that weight loss. And we do have mm-hmm. a, uh, a question here from somebody in oh. the studio.
2: Hi there. Um, I am wondering, uh, we've talked a little bit about joint pain in overweight pets. <laughs> I'm wondering if people mm-hmm. are feeling like the joint pain is just too much, that they can't seem to get their pet on a better exercise schedule. What would you recommend for um, helping them through the pain?
1: Um, So that's a good question. Um, Joint pain is serious in dogs. Um, They definitely get arthritis and that can affect the exercise part of our weight loss plan. Um, But if we can really be active with the diet role of it and reducing those calories that way, um, that'll have substantial effect to help them lose that weight and get that weight off their joints and Um, In the meantime, there's definitely anti-inflammatories we can do, pain medications, just like people do for their arthritis. Um, So that would definitely help. And then just limiting the exercise. You know, if it's five minutes a day, it's still better than nothing. And kind of minimizing their jumping if there's couches, just making sure they're not jumping on them up and down because that'll strain their joints and just leisurely walk is the best thing, I think. Do you agree, Darren? Do you have anything else?
2: I would say that's definitely good. I know that um, i heard some recommendations that if we don't want to do those painful walks, you know, on the concrete, um, that, you know, doing having a swimming pool that's big enough that they can just kind of swim through it is definitely easier, um, I would say. And if, uh, I know that there are some rehabilitation facilities that have an underwater treadmill if we want to go that far, but... Um, you know, swimming is probably a lot less painful,
1: wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's definitely a great idea. Especially for our older labs. And if anybody has an older lab, they know that those that arthritis can be pretty bad, but they just love the water and it's so good for them. Um, I and that's a great weight loss
2: plan too. Yeah. <clears throat> Did that answer your question? Uh yeah, thank you.
0: Once again okay. any thank any. You. Other questions out there can call 963-2976. I'm wondering about exercise for cats. What do you recommend? How do we get our cats to exercise? Oh,
2: that's a good one. That's a fun question.
1: (laughs) So my favorite is I recommend if your cat stays in one room and they're used to eating there or they like to stay upstairs, putting that food bowl as far to the other side of the house as possible and up onto the fridge sometimes um, can make them so that they have to go all the way down the stairs, jump up a little bit, get a little bit of exercise for their food, and then have to go all the way back and do that multiple times a day. So then they're getting exercise that way. Um, there's lots of cat toys, but some cats love them. Some cats don't don't bother with them. Um, so it is a little bit trickier.
2: Um, do you have anything else, Dana, can you can think of? Um, I was actually just thinking... I think there's a specific like feeding kit thing that's like in the shape of mice, Mm -hmm. and you hide some food in it and you hide it around the house. So it kind of like stimulates their hunting. So they have get the food and, you know, they're actively like looking for it. I haven't heard much about them just because Mm -hmm. I don't know a whole lot, but Mm -hmm. I've heard that those work really well too because it's like a game for them.
1: Yeah. I definitely recommend that the cat enrichment toys, the, um, the current... Like, thoughts on them with veterinarians are that cats are supposed to, you know, like, in their wild days. They're not, obviously, a feral anymore, but they would eat, like, nine to ten meals a day, you know, small meals. So, these enrichment toys, it could, you could put their whole breakfast, lunch, and dinner in a ball that they have to just, they have to push it around and get the exercise that way. And then the treats fall out just periodically, and they can come back to it whenever they want really keep them engaged during the day too because cats can get bored and then they start doing things that you don't want them to so just having this outlet for them or it's positive reinforcement because they get a treat and they're actually really fun now I'm glad you brought these up because they have different levels so if you give them the easy one and they, they get all the treats out in like 10 minutes then they have a medium level and they have an advanced cat level so they have a lot of options for you and I imagine it's fun. I also haven't tried one, but I imagine it's fun to be, um, pushing it around the house if they'll, if they will do that. and um, that's a big part of it. Um.
0: Thank you. That <laughs> definitely answers the question. And we probably have about five minutes <laughs> left. So anybody, once again, who has a question related to their pets and, uh, specifically on pet obesity, nine six three two nine seven six.
2: Um, I was just wondering, uh, as far as, like, we were kind of talking with dogs, how, you know, they may be a little bit painful. Um, What do you think, or have you seen stuff like that in cats where it's hard, where they have that arthritis, or? Oh, definitely,
1: yeah. Cats cats are just such stoic animals that it's so hard to know, and, um, but there's definitely pain medications we can do for their arthritis, too, and. There's some studies that say any cat over ten has arthritis. They're just they're stoked about it. Um, so, kind of figuring that out. If you try these tools and you find that your cat still just isn't going anywhere, doesn't want to walk around, it could be joint related for sure. Um,
2: and I've heard that some some people do joint supplements for both dogs and cats. But do you think that maybe helps alleviate? Something pain or I've heard it a couple of different ways.
1: Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think it definitely does. It's not something where when they're sore one day, you can just give them the joint supplement. It's something you need to kind of build up in their system. Just like we take vitamins, kind of their vitamin for their joint supplement um, kind of helps in the long run. I think right. it's a good idea.
2: Helps with that lubrication.
1: Yep. And especially because they're stoic, you know, preventing as much as we can. And we see a lot of overweight cats um, because, you know, those very skittish ones that just like staying under your bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and a good thing to touch on, if we have a second, is multi-cat households because mm-hmm. my sister's guilty of this. You know, I went over and she's got one cat who's lean as can be and the other one's just uh, quite large. <laughs> um, and she just said that, you know, like one of them can kind of monitor themselves and the other one can't. She just free feeds and that's totally acceptable. and kind of the options for that with that multi-cat household is they have chip breeders, so you can put a little collar on and it'll only let the one cat in, so she can just free these and she can regulate and the other one can't get in. Um, another option is um, you can use like a Tupperware or something and make a small hole that the small one can fit through and the, the little overweight one can't fit through, um, there's lots of creative ways to do it, and your vet will be able to help with that. Um, and any questions, yeah, we can
2: help. <laughs> I, I before you had mentioned it, I didn't even think about that, but mm-hmm. that's something that I've seen a lot, even with multi dog households. People oh, sometimes have that really, like a really nice lean one, and then this really chunky fella. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, and that's harder. You're right, because it's
1: like then you can only feed one or. Right. Yeah, getting them to on the right track is a process, and you got to stay committed um, just like us. You know, we got to stay committed to our weight loss, and, and it's important to remember that for your pet, too. Um, and it's worth it in the long run because they'll be happier and they'll live longer, and um, they'll be able to do those enjoyable things that they love if that's chasing a ball or jumping on the couch with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Well, we are just about out of time. Thank you so much, Angela and Darren and Alpine Animal Hospital for uh, joining us for Ask the Vet today. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thanks Thanks for for having us. Nice to meet you guys.
0: Yeah, thank you. And so um, would you like to introduce yourselves with the bit of time that we have left at the end of the show? It's a little reverse. (laughs)
2: That might be important, wouldn't it? Uh, My name is Darren. I'm a certified veterinary technician here at Alpine Animal Hospital.
1: Um, I'm Angela Durkak. I'm one of the uh, veterinarians at Alpine Animal Hospital.
0: Well, thank you so much. Uh, And we'll look forward to joining you again on the third Thursday in November.
2: Sounds good. Uh, Thank you. you.
0: Have a great afternoon.
2: You too. You too.